You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nikaruk, episode 31. Hello, Teacher Brain. Any Jennifer Allwood fans out there will recognize the title of this week's podcast episode, Fear is Not the Boss of You, because she has a book by the same name. And although I haven't read her book, I've heard her talk um, about it on a few platforms, and I keep getting drawn in by the title. It's now become sort of a mantra for me whenever I start sensing that that fear feeling creeping in. Also, I thought it was a timely topic as the return to school is imminent and fear is abound, at least amongst uh, some of those with whom I've been interacting and perhaps with you as well. So firstly, I want to thank you, Teacher Brain, for all that you're doing to prepare for this unique school year. Um, as best you can under the circumstances anyway. I know that there are many hours being spent in PD sessions and meetings and room setup. if you're lucky enough to know what space you'll be working in at this point. Um, and all these unknowns, not knowing what grade you're teaching yet or subject or with what school you're associated or whether you're um, going to be teaching online or in person. All of those can spark those feelings of unrest or anxiety or stress or overwhelm and fear. And every week when when I put out one of these podcast episodes or as I do more lives on in my Facebook group and as I start getting coaching clients and creating products for people, I experience a bit of that or a lot of it. Putting yourself out there in the unknown can feel scary. So why is that? Let's walk through it. Now, if you've been listening along for a while, you know that situations are neutral. They're just the facts of what is happening. So what are the facts that you're dealing with right now? So I don't know what grade I'm teaching. School starts on September 14th. If you're in whatever, depending on what board you're in, but you can fill in the blank with your date. School starts on, and insert date here. I don't know if I'm teaching in person or online. I don't know what room I'm teaching from. I don't know what building I'm teaching from. We are in the midst of a global pandemic. I have never taught this grade before. Those are the facts. And in my listing these off, you may have already begun experiencing the vibration of fear because we know that emotions are simply vibrations in the body. However, the fear is not in fact coming from the fact that you don't know. It's coming from the thoughts that your brain is having about not knowing. And to do that in less time than it takes to, in less than a blink of an eye, like 400 millionths of a second, Your brain scans all the past experiences you've had with unknown circumstances and how it has reacted to those in the past in order to get its cue about what uh, emotional response to trigger in this situation. Remember, your subconscious is working to keep you safe by keeping you in the familiar. So it wants to find all the examples and repeat that same pattern. It repeats what it knows, what it has done in the past, whether that serves you now in this instance or not. Its only filter is, we've talked about the RAS, reticular activating system. Its only filter is letting in what aligns what with what it already believes. In other words, 
what is already automated into your subconscious. It does not filter or decide for you, unfortunately, which things are positive um, and the things that you should believe for your highest good. You have to consciously employ your prefrontal cortex for that in order to choose different thoughts, the truths. The great news is you have the prefrontal cortex to do so, and it's totally possible. And it's a simple but not easy process. Not easy because you're working against generations and maybe even lifetimes, fascinatingly, as they've now, they're now finding out, of programmed automated beliefs, most of which are negative, automatic negative thoughts or ants. And we've talked a lot about ants in many episodes. So if in scanning these past experiences, your brain pulls up that example from when you were five and you started school and you didn't know what was what it was going to be like, and you had a super mean teacher, or you got lost in the halls, or you got separated from the class for some reason. And when they found you, everyone was like shaking and telling you how scared they were not knowing where you were. Or maybe your family didn't have much money and you you lived in constant unknown of where you would even get your next meal or if you would have heat that month. So you went hungry and cold a lot and you observed your parents a parent or parents' fear around that. It could also come from um, times of like watching, like we're taking everything in when we're in, in that age and stage, zero to seven mostly, but onward as well. But uh, times of like watching the news in the evening with your family and then the reporters are saying things like, at this point, we don't know. And that is causing fear and panic. Like all of those things that you take in um, create that those experiences that your brain is now drawing upon to figure out how it should react in this situation. So your subconscious collects all these examples and as they're repeated, it locks them away and automates them in the background of your mind because um, that's to save you energy so you don't have to think about it every time so that they become your beliefs about unknown situations. So back to our emotions. We know that the situation is actually neutral. The facts are just the facts. If you didn't have a brain through which you process those facts, you wouldn't have any feelings about them at all. They would just be facts. But thankfully, you do have a brain and it is working exactly as it should because it is kicking up those negative thoughts to keep you safe. And so you're maybe experiencing some nerves, anxiety, overwhelm, and or fear um, to varying degrees around the facts that you don't know these things yet because of what your thoughts and beliefs are about not knowing something. So in that split micro nanosecond, your brain observes the situation, scans its bank or filing cabinets of memories, pulls out the examples that match up to unknown situations and creates the feeling of anxiety, stress, overwhelm. I'm just going to call it fear for the sake of simplicity and because they all root down to fear anyway. Plus, it's the title of the episode. <laughs> so now your body sends back signals to the brain. Got it, fear, we're ready. And your brain unleashes the cascade of chemicals associated with that emotion, which get carried through your system via neuropeptides. And then you experience fear in the physical form, whatever that feels like to you. Commonly, most commonly, it vibrates primarily in the chest 
and also in the stomach and head and hands, according to many energy mapping studies, which are super interesting, by the way. You can Google emotions mapping or whatever um, if you want to see for yourself. So now um, your body has these, these neuropeptides that are carrying these messages. We are afraid, fear. So now your heart is racing. You may feel hot or cold or maybe like a buzzing in your brain. You're scared. Um, so moving through the model, we know that our feelings spark our actions. So we've had our neutral situation. Our thought is that it's scary. It sends the message to our body to act, react with fear and all of these things we're experiencing. And then that's going to spark our action. And we've talked about feelings before and the fact that everything we do in life is to feel a certain feeling, usually a positive one, and or avoid a certain feeling, usually a negative one. So what actions are you going to take if you're feeling fearful? Now, depending on your level of fear or the degree of fear, um, like the severity of it or the depth, you might cry or bite your nails. You might lash out at other people. You might vent to somebody or even hit something. Remember, humans are not for hitting. Or you might uh, drink or eat or shut down. Now, from our actions come your results. So if you hit something, maybe your hand hurts. If you lashed out at someone, maybe you've dented or damaged that relationship a bit or a lot. If you shut down, you may find yourself alone in a dark room. So you can see how this goes. But remember, the good news is that those ants, automatic negative thoughts, are just the automatic programmed responses to the situation that come from your subconscious. Your subconscious is only part of your brain. You have another part called your prefrontal cortex, which is your conscious brain. And with your conscious brain, you can choose your thoughts. You can come up with other better thoughts to override that program and get you a better result. Episode nine was all about asking your, your brain better questions. And this is a great way to help your brain come up with some other thoughts. So when you notice yourself feeling fearful or overwhelmed or anxious or stressed, because you likely notice the feeling, not the thought causing it, because the feeling is the physical response and the situation um, to thought to emotion process happens at like Superman speed. You can ask your brain, what thoughts am I having right now? So I'm experiencing this feeling of fear. I'm going to ask my brain, Hmm. Okay. I notice now that I'm hot and tight. What thoughts am I having right now? And then once you've identified a couple of those, I mean, you can go through the process of writing them down, um, which is the best way to do it. And also sit through the feeling, which we've talked about before in previous episodes, but then you can ask what other thoughts could I have? And your brain will come up with other options. And then you get to choose, because of your prefrontal cortex, which one you would like to believe, which will, will create a different feeling leading to a different action to produce a result that you might want instead. And it could be as simple as adding the word yet. And as a teacher brain, I'm sure you've heard about the power of yet. So your brain might deliver the thought like, I don't know what class I'm teaching. And you add yet. And it kind of takes some of the weight off that heaviness that you likely feel automatically around not knowing. So 
Your brain might also come up with thoughts like, I can figure this out. Stressing about it is not going to give me more answers. I will know before the first day of school. I am scared and I can do this. I am scared and I'm going to do this anyway. I will show up and model courage, which is not about not having fear. It's about taking action in the face of fear for my students. Everyone is learning as we go. I don't have to be perfect on day one. I don't need to know everything in order to serve my students. And if you get stuck, you can start directing the file scan that your brain does in that millisecond, less than a millisecond, toward um, evidence of times that you have not known something and it was okay. So you can create thoughts, right? Like you, you can use your brain to create thoughts. You can make it think, I don't know what I'm teaching yet, and that is okay. I'm teaching a grade I've never taught before, and I will figure it out. Ask your brain to show you examples of times when you overcame the unknown. Sit up for, like, you want to sit up for a quiet minute, or you can do this before bed and it will stew over it while you're sleeping. Sit up for a quiet minute and ask yourself, ask your brain the question and it will respond and it will keep responding for like 24 hours later. It might just pop up with like a genius example the next day that was buried way back that you, that you didn't even remember. Um, you can also decide in advance what you will do in this situation. So in the ones that you, that you do know that you'll encounter. So for example, I will contact each of the families of my students by phone call, video, email, whatever, within the first two weeks of school. That's a decision you can make. You have control over that, regardless of what your what your like physical um, teaching situation looks like. I will start the month, the first month, by building community because boy, is that ever going to be important? If sorry, when we go into wave two and perhaps back to an e-learning model, we're going to, we're going to get way further having done the work to connect with those little brains ahead of time during the in-person portion of the year. So you can even ask your brain, like, what do I want my students to leave this first section with, you know, if we do end up going into wave two and we are at home or if you're already online, um, you know, I will de develop my community by, and then look up some ways to, there are so many resources out there right now around developing online classroom community. So take a look, your brain already knows this. You've been doing this, you can do this. Um, I will take my class outside every day. Those are all decisions you can make in advance um, of things you can control. And that gives your brain some, some of the positive chemical hits and then it starts to chill out on the, um, the fear. And if you want to hack that process, you work backward. Ask yourself what result you want and then what action you would have to take to achieve that result, what feeling you would, you would need to feel to take that action, and what thought you would then need to have um, to spark that feeling and then get to work on automating that thought in your brain so that it becomes your go-to response. And that's a process called brain priming that we've talked about before and that I do with my clients. And it's awesome. And you can physically rewire the connections in your brain to run automatic programming that serves you rather than 
the one that keeps you stuck or even moves you backwards. Because here's the other thing about fear. Usually fear is about the unknown, no matter what the context of the situation. I have to do a presentation. What if people laugh at me? I'm going live on Facebook. What if people judge me? I'm teaching during a global pandemic. Pandemic. What if I get sick? All of these are unknown situations. We don't actually know what's going to happen. I don't know that everyone will laugh at me. I don't know that um, I'm going to get sick. I don't know that people will judge me. So it's all about the what ifs with negative imagined scenarios. (laughs) So fear is a bit ridiculous in that way, (laughs) I think, because it prevents us from doing things we want to, to do and know we could do And it stops us from following our dreams and it can paralyze us. And it's all just conjecture. It's just around fabricated hypothetical scenarios. Like that's so crazy to me. Um, And when it comes down to it, fear is just another emotion. It's just a vibration in your body. Now, granted, we know what those emotions can do inside our bodies, like our physical cellular level when we don't process through them fully. So that's the key. And we've talked about tapping and processing feelings in episodes uh, 17 and 22 specifically, but it's just a vibration. It's a pounding heart, heat in our chest, some buzzing in our head, and maybe clenched fists. That's it. And in fact, fear is actually a very useful emotion. It has served us very well. It signals us to danger, real threats, and stimulates our survival response. And it signals that sort of gut reaction. It's part of why we've made it through life thus far. And yet, we let fear be the boss of us. We try to avoid it at all costs to the point where we let it talk us out of doing something we really want to do. We let it talk us out of following our dreams. Like things like going on an airplane or going skydiving or starting a business or giving a presentation even or applying for a job we want, even introducing ourselves to someone new at a party or even going to a party we are invited to in the first place, right? We let fear boss us around. Well, I'm here to tell you, my friend, (laughs) that fear is not the boss of you. It just isn't. Okay, so I hope that I've helped you in some way today, at least understand a bit more about what fear is and how it works. And I really hope I've inspired you to stand up to your fear and take action, maybe in spite of it. Because when we're trying something new, you're always going to experience some level of fear. And that's your brain functioning normally. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you safe. And I know you can't see Um, air quotes, hope you can hear them, (laughs) but I'm doing air quotes right now, keeping you safe from all the threats, again, air quotes, out there. But just don't let it boss you around. You are the boss. I'll tell you, every Saturday when I hit that publish button to release this week's episode, and it'll happen today, (laughs) out into the world, I experience the vibration of fear. Fear of being judged, fear of being found out, fear of being ignored, and I do it anyway. That's how we build confidence too, by the way. 
you have to do the thing you're afraid of before you have the confidence to do it. And then you build up that confidence once you see that it's actually really not a big deal. I hit the button and nothing happens. The world doesn't explode. Nobody yells at me from the computer. Um, but that's another episode. All right. So best of luck to you, my teacher friends. You've got this. You can do hard things, parents as well. I know that you are experiencing similar levels of fear in around the same areas. So parent brains, this is for you too. And if you need to, you can borrow my courage, my words to help you through. Because listen, you may not know what you're teaching, but you know what you're doing. You totally know. Don't let your brain tell you you don't. You have been listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickaruk. Until next week, be safe, be kind, be healthy, be brave. Bye for now.